0: Serious
1: news, seriously entertaining. This is the Gatos and Chad Show. Happy,
0: happy, happy Monday. This
2: portion of the program is brought to you by Parker & Sons Plumbing Electrical, two-time winner of the Better Business Bureau's Ethics Award. All
3: right, coming up, uh, your dog can catch monkeypox. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. Oh, for crying out loud. And then in New York City, they got polio in the wastewater, Chad. Ah, Can't go there now. New York's got all the stuff. Oh, for crying out loud. At least the COVID surge is down in Arizona now. That's right. Not that anybody knew. The
2: Pox is up,
3: COVID down. Oh, man. All right. We'll get a lot more into that. Plus, we've got the give for Phoenix Children's. Uh, Let's talk about the wall. So I explained this earlier today. You know, uh Governor Ducey's is putting uh, uh, shipping containers on the wall. He's stacking one over the other. Right? Okay. It looks it looks very nice. And and last Friday I heard about it, and, and and I liked the idea from the very start of the show. And then I've got some information later in the show. I don't like the idea anymore. But so you, know you
2: started what? out as, a, "Hey, right. this is a good idea. You're right. doing something. Right. This will be something you get done." Right? You went from, "I'm curious," to all of a sudden, eh, no, no I don't not, like not it. so much."
3: But I, my, my mind can be changed again. I can just say
2: easy. you believe I, the last thing you hear.
3: No, I don't believe the last thing I hear. I'm trying to <laughs> gather information. So let's bring him on. Tim Romer. He's uh, Ducey's a director of the Arizona Department of Homeland Security. Tim, how are you today? Hey, I'm doing well. Thanks, gentlemen. How are you? We're good. All right. Now, listen, you, you might be able to change my mind on this. So let me explain. So I like the idea you're doing something on the border. You know, there's not a lot that the governor can do. I like the initiative. Uh, it looks pretty, by the way. You stack them up and it looks real nice and you put some you know, wire stuff on the top. And it looks like you could stop it because you got all these you got all these gaps in the wall in Yuma. But then I talked to the Yuma mayor, Doug Nichols, and this is what he told me. He said two weeks ago, the federal government said... Said, We're going to finish that wall for you. We just got additional funding. And so here's my my thought, Tim. Why is Ducey doing this now after he knows that the federal government has already put in to put additional funding and actually build the wall and do something? Do you know what I mean? Like, the, 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 it seems like like did Ducey know that and he wants to do this anyway and it's a pretty photo or, or am I am I way off?
4: No. So two things happened. One, the Biden administration announced that they were getting rid of the migrant protection protocols, which just the optics of that will likely cause more migrants to want to make their way to the border. So we're preparing for a possible influx, which didn't seem possible, considering we are already at record-breaking numbers in our history. The right. second thing that happened is we just got funding available to do it, thanks to the support for border security from the governor and the state legislature, We got $335 million uh, in this budget that just went through. So we had the funding now uh, that we get. The migrant protection protocols are going away. And, you know, I I like that, you know, you're talking to Mayor Nichols. Mayor Nichols is a great guy, great respect for him. But, you know, if Joe Biden is if President Biden is saying things to the mayor of Yuma and we're believing him, then I think we're a little too gullible right now. He has not done one thing for border security in a year and a half. He will not even visit the border. So we'll believe it when we see it. Arizona is taking action because our state needs to be protected today. Right. We, we don't have any more time to waste.
3: But if the shipping containers are going to come down in a matter of a month or two, why didn't you guys do this two months ago or five months ago or two years ago with the shipping containers? Why now?
4: Well, it would be a good problem to have if we get to a point where we have to take them down. We would welcome that because that would mean that the federal government is finally doing something about the border crisis. Or instead of saying the federal government, I should say specifically the leaders elected in Washington, D.C. It's about time they supported, you know, our border states and local law enforcement and to do something about the humanitarian crisis. So now, you know, it just continues to get worse every day. And the the time for action is now.
2: Tim Romer, of Arizona Department of Homeland Security on the phone with us. Uh, another record uh, number. We've broken the record. Wall Street Journal has said we have broke the record for fiscal year as far as how many people have come across. And again, surrendered arrest is what they're talking about. We're talking about a wall there. I've been down there. Uh, the money that, quote, unquote, we're supposed to get, how much of that wall is going to be actually put up, repaired, closed off? Because there's some 50-plus areas that you can walk through. And I just have a feeling even if they give you some money, it's not going to take care of everything
4: well right and that's exactly the point is they broke this issue so badly that now they're trying to come up with band-aid solutions and we can't afford to wait which is why the action now is needed so much Uh, you're absolutely right there are multiple gaps that need to be closed and what's great about the shipping containers is that they're quick they're effective we're able to get them in place and they do the job and so it is a solution and one that is really warranted at this time tim where'd you get the
3: idea for shipping
4: containers well, our team, you know, likes to look at, you know, being as creative, as innovative as possible. But we, we don't always have to uh, reinvent the wheel. Uh, we saw from our counterparts in Texas that they were doing a similar project and it was working effectively and so we wanted to put that to use uh in our state
2: what's the shipping tenders can cost how long does it take to get them up i mean i think a lot of people are wondering you know what's coming out of arizona's but all these things are questions that i think a lot of people have because it, what if we do get them up and they want to put something up is this going to cost us millions of dollars or is this something that's relatively cheap
4: uh i think it's relatively cheap in the grand scheme of things the legislature and the governor gave us 335 million dollars to work on projects like this. This will just utilize at this time $6 million. So six of $335 million that was given to us, I think is money very well spent. And right now, the state of Arizona is paying costs to the border crisis, not just financial costs. Uh, We we are paying costs of drugs coming into our state, getting people addicted to fentanyl. We had two uh, 18-year-old girls Mm. murdered in Casa Grande over a human smuggling dispute over a few thousand dollars, and we continue to have human smugglers kill people on our freeways when they're trying to evade law enforcement. So by spending this money now, it has the real ability to save lives, and I think that's money well spent.
2: What's the uh, ETA putting these things up? So if you got the go-ahead today, you had the money, how many of these things are you really going to have, and what's the ETA of getting them you know up from start to finish
4: it's quick so uh since we announced this on Friday we've got at least the first thousand feet complete which is about 60 of the containers in place and then we're moving to uh to different locations so it's quick and effective
3: Tim Romer joining us, director of the Arizona Department of Homeland Security. We're talking about the wall and the shipping containers that are going up to somewhat finish the wall. Uh, the, reading somewhere, the federal government might hit you guys on this. Um, are you allowed to do this? I mean, I know Biden's not doing anything on the border. Are you guys allowed to do this? And could the federal government fine you guys?
4: I mean, you know, I think we feel pretty confident in our legal advice uh, and the fact that the Biden administration has actually openly admitted that these gaps need to be closed. So I think they gave us. You know, the authority we needed, uh, it would be kind of hypocritical for them to do something back against us when they said it needed to be done. They're just not moving fast enough. And these are empty promises. So there's no guarantee they're ever actually going to do it. So we're actually taking the action and showing leadership today.
3: Tim Romer, director of the Arizona Department of Homeland Security on the shipping containers going up uh, in place of a wall. Tim, thanks, man. Appreciate it. Hey, you're
4: welcome. Thanks for having me. Have a good
3: day. I'm still up in the air. I get. It's like it looks like a good idea. It sounds like a good idea, and I would just say if the federal government didn't hand over additional funds to actually get it done, I'd like it more. I think the timing is a little suspect and political.
2: But I, I hear what he's saying. Yeah, look, they, they say that they're going to give us that stuff, I get it. and and how many times have everybody heard that? And the fact that even the mayor Nichols down there would even believe that they're going to do something like that is foolish.
3: Hmm. But why wasn't it done five months ago?
2: Well, they're getting money. That's why. Uh, they're getting how much you know, money? Six from- million.
3: You he could grab six million and put it up there. Yeah, but you know?
2: uh, but you're also grabbing this from the feds comparatively from taking it out of your own
3: budget. I'll tell you what. This could age well. It and could. I'll tell you how. We see those shipping containers still up next year. And Biden didn't follow through. And he's still griping about it. And put in the, the real wall, which he says they're going to do. That's where this could age well. All right. Uh, still to come, we've got uh, holding up the headlines at three thirty. Uh, the Giveathon for Phoenix Children's is happening today. We're going to tell you in a second how you can help uh, right here on K T A R.
1: The Giveathon for Phoenix Children's is presented by your Valet Hyundai dealers in the auction Indian Community. K T A R News ninety two
5: three FM in the K T A R News app. Give us on
3: on the Gatos and Chad Show. Yeah, I was just down at the Phoenix Children's Hospital a couple weeks ago. Becky Lynn and I went down, and uh, we were handing out the Bears... The little teddy bears to some of the kids, and you know, you see some of that suffering, and it just, uh, it, it just hits you right in the gut. Yeah. And to give them a teddy bear, uh, and we'll tell you how you can do that in just a second. It changes their, their entire day for, for the better. So it is the Giveathon. Um, how about a little check presentation? Oh, right yeah. Now? All right. Let's do that. Here is, uh, our friends at uh, Southwest Gas.
5: Hi, my name is Laura Nelson. I'm the Vice President of Sustainability and Public Policy at Southwest Gas Corporation. At Southwest Gas, we are dedicated to supporting local nonprofit partners that are committed to creating a better quality of life in the communities we serve, like the Phoenix Children's Hospital. As the number one children's hospital in Arizona, they provide hope, healing, and the best healthcare for children and their families. For 34 years, Southwest Gas has proudly supported their mission and we're excited to be here again today for another amazing give Us On. In addition to giving back, Southwest Gas is committed to accelerating a sustainable future by introducing new technologies to help reduce greenhouse gas emissions and achieve a lower carbon footprint. This is all part of our pledge to create a better quality of life for everyone. On behalf of the Southwest Guest Foundation, I'm honored to present this check in the amount of $10,000 to the Phoenix Children's Hospital. Thank you for everything you do for our community, providing world-class care that makes all the difference for kids who are fighting for their lives.
2: Yeah, all right. Huge right there. $10,000. And uh, that's what it's all about. This hospital's expensive. Uh, but the kids are worth it. And everybody out there, uh, you may never use it. And that's a blessing. But if you were to have to go there because your child needs something, uh, you should be just so thankful that we have a facility like this that can do what it can do. It's incredible. It's time for another story of hope presented by Madame E. Holmes. Stories with Linda. Just weeks before her due date, Linda's mom learned her unborn daughter had extremely rare genetic condition, which affects the developmental of the skeletal and reproductive systems. Children with this condition rarely live past their first year. And if they do, they're on life support. But not this fighter. This is Linda's story.
1: I had been admitted for signs and symptoms of preeclampsia. And I was at 38 weeks. They came in, they told us that uh, Linda was more than likely not going to make it and you know asked us if we had chosen a name to which i said i was a yes uh, her name is linda and they said that's great because it, it usually makes the grieving process a lot easier Sorry, my OBGYN decided that that, she, that we were going to have to be induced so that I would be giving birth on my due date, December 25th. asked my family for a moment. So I went into my bedroom, I closed the door, and I started rubbing my tummy and I started praying. This child is not mine. This child is yours. And if you allow me to borrow her, we're waiting for her. Around 3, 3.30, I started feeling everything again. <laughs> the doctor said it's time to push. And they had told us they were like, they were the one thing that we're looking for is if she can cry. Because the moment she cries, it means that she made it. Because with campomelic dysplasia, the rib cage will either so compact and tight, that first breath of air, uh, they can't. Or it'll be so glass-like and fragile that when... They take that first breath of air, the the ribcage sh- shatters. 15 minutes is all it took, 15 minutes. And at 4.30, I gave birth. They bring over an incubator with uh, this tiny peanut in it. <laughs> and they're like, look, this is your daughter. And I'm seeing her through this glass. And I told her, I was like, Linda, you hang on in there. They told me that she wasn't going to make it past the breeding stage. She did. Um, They said her prognosis was a year. She's now eight. They told me that she shouldn't really be moving or really doing much of anything that she was going to be in pretty much a vegetative state. They told me that she wasn't probably going to be able to eat. Right now, we're finally decreasing her formula feeds, and her doctors are hoping that we will eventually be able to wing off that NG tube. And she's eating. She's eating foods of all types. They told me that she wasn't going to be able to really move or have much mobility. Linda started crawling last August. She's Still wheelchair bound, but man, should you see her in that wheelchair. She enjoys popping wheelies, looking and seeing fast cars. And to her in her wheelchair, she'll say, I go, vroom, <laughs> Every specialist there. They're just amazing at having levels of compassion, of, of empathy. They're not just trying to solve our problems. They're trying to work with us to find a solution. Again, life with her, it's how its challenges is, And there are more, more often than not, we have to make adaptations. But she doesn't really see herself as different. Or if she does... She doesn't show
3: it. That's not how I thought that story would end. No,
2: no. Wow,
3: that's my little brother Spencer. Yeah,
2: they said he was not going to live a day, let alone a week, let alone a month. Uh, Spencer turned 19 last week. Wow.
3: Well, miracles happen right here. The Giveathon for Phoenix Children's. It's presented by Your Valley Hyundai Dealers, Auction Indian Community. Right now, you hear the music. It's time for a match. Uh, thanks to our friends at 3M Health Systems, 602 933 4567. Uh, become a champion of hope, 20 bucks per month, teddy bear delivered in your name to a little child, uh, at Phoenix uh, Children's. So, 602 933 4567. It's the uh, Desert Financial Phone Bank. All
1: right,
3: this is the. Train Teddy Bear Express. All aboard! And a little uh, bear, little teddy bear, delivered in your name, headed up to a child at Phoenix Children's. All right, the match continues throughout the break, 602 933 4567. It's the Givethon Week here on KTAR. Arizona's News Station. News Station. KTAR, on air, 92.3 FM, online at KTAR.com, and streaming live on the KTAR News app. You're breaking news and traffic now. Ah, oh, it's just after the uh, 3.30. You know what that means. It's time to hold up the headlines. These are Becky Lynn's headlines. Becky Lynn, your first story. Okay. Arizona. Votes.
0: False claims about the 2020 election have led to election workers across the county being harassed and getting death threats, including right here in Maricopa County. In a meeting to discuss the August primary, recorder Stephen Richard read some of the threats that he's gotten.
1: Steve, I understand you can't de- deviate from the election steal, but you will lose in the end. Perhaps Trump will have you hung as a traitor when he's president again. Hope it's broadcasted live on pay-per-view or something.
0: Right. Richard says Maricopa County Attorney Rachel Mitchell is considering pursuing some of these threats his office received. KTAR has reached out to MCAO to confirm.
3: What do you mean considering? You got to take a stand here. You yeah. can't let this crap happen. It happened to Katie Hobbs. She's a Democrat. It mm-hmm. happened to Stephen Richard. He's a Republican. Rachel Mitchell's done a good job so far in in her, you know, uh, Arizona, uh, the, the attorney general's office. Don't consider it. Do it.
2: When you're talking about hanging somebody, you know, again, again, it's the proof side of it uh, that I think will be tough. But uh, I think you have to set some examples out there.
3: KTAR News. Bacon. Water. Watch. Not bacon.
0: One Arizona lawmaker is giving new insight to how Arizona is going to be spending its billion dollar investment in water. KTAR's Colton Krolak is live in the News Center with more.
2: In June, the Senate approved a new state budget that allocated unprecedented funds to respond to Arizona's ongoing drought issues and will ensure the funds go to different buckets of water.
5: $200 million conservation program. Then there will be $250 million for in-state projects.
2: Senator Cena Kerr tells KTAR's Rosie on the House about $750 million will also go to finding new sources of water from other states. She adds the money will be under the purview of the Water Infrastructure Finance Authority. Live in the news, Senator. Colton Krolak, KTAR News. We're going to steal water from other states. I kind of like that. Are we Are going to build a pipeline? How's this going to work? Uh, we are <laughs> desperate for water, though. That is the number one thing, I think, and the most important thing that we have here in in the state is water and how we have none and how we're going to get some. We're holding up
0: the headlines. The healthcare care community remains vigilant when it comes to monkeypox cases. There are now
5: 170 confirmed monkeypox cases statewide, 21 more than about a week ago.
4: It's mostly men consistent with what we've seen around the country.
5: Former U.S. Surgeon General Dr. Richard Carmona points out the 170 cases compares to about 2,300 cases in New York and nearly 2,000 in California.
4: So it's relatively low, but then when you look at our population, population density, things like that, it's still
5: concerning. Griselda result, the Satino KTAR News.
4: Well, uh, people can now,
3: uh, who are infected with monkeypox, they could give it to their dog. That apparently from uh, the wonderful people at the Centers for uh, Disease Control, the CDC. Um, I don't know if I believe them because they've just been awful since COVID started. But uh, isn't that a wonderful thing that if you get the monkeypox, now you got to stay away from your animal.
2: Uh, crying out loud. I know. Crazy. We're up headlines.
0: Arizona was recently ranked number one for long-term senior living care by consumer spending site value penguin but some say it doesn't paint the whole picture tammy bohannon with arizona's foundation for senior living says while arizona seniors have access to these facilities many would prefer to age in their
5: homes people aren't thinking about how do i make my house ready or what are the steps i need to take to get ready to live independently she says
0: only about 20 percent of seniors can actually afford to stay in their own homes
3: well I mean, if you've got a bigger home and you've got stairs. Uh, you know, you can you can outfit your home to get you up those stairs easier, you know. Um, but Sell my, the big home, yeah. Get a, get a
2: smaller place and make sure you get yourself, that, that bathroom is dangerous. I have kids so I can make them change my diaper when I'm way older. That was my goal and pretty excited about that. I told my mom when she gets to that age, we're just going to roll her in the street and <laughs> pretend we don't know her. We're holding up the headlines.
0: There was deadly violence at a youth football game on Saturday in North Texas. Police outside Dallas say an argument at a preseason peewee football game quickly escalated the coach for one team says his offensive coordinator 43 year old mike hickman was shot and killed
4: more than just a coach great father great man uh, great role model great mentor
0: Police are now searching for a suspect identified as Yaqub Talib, the brother of former NFL star and Super Bowl winner Akib Tlaib. That's ABC's Mona Kostar Abdi. <sighs> we
2: shot at a peewee game.
0: I know. Isn't that just heartbreaking? That is insane. That's why
2: I don't coach. People ask me all the time, why don't you coach? You played for all those years. Why don't you coach? Mm. You know why? Parents and people are nuts. That's why I don't coach. It, it 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 took all the fun out of it, just having to listen to people angry all the time because their kids didn't play. Or, wow, my God, it's
3: insane. We're holding up the headlines:
0: a local celebrity's car and Oscar were recently stolen hmm. and returned. The Mesa Police Department confirms that CODA actor Troy Kotzer's 2022 Jeep Gladiator and his Oscar for Best Actor were stolen and they were later found in Mesa Friday. Police say two 14 year olds were found in the car and they were charged with theft. Police have now returned the car and the Oscar to Kotzer. It came in just a day after he received a key to the city.
3: I don't know who that is.
0: You don't know who Troy Kotzer is? No.
3: Yeah. Do you?
0: Uh, yes. He won,
2: uh, he, he is a, he's an actor. He's deaf. Deaf. Okay. And he won this past year. Yes. He,
0: uh, was okay. he
3: at the Oscars when Yes, the and he went yeah. down?
0: He's the one that, um, he did a speech in sign language. Yes. And it was translated.
2: Yeah. And so, uh. And you have to buy those usually, by the way. Yes. Only few, few people actually get him presented. Usually you have to buy your own Oscars or Emmy Awards if you want one. You win the award, but they don't give you, they take it right back from you. Uh, I'm glad he got this back. Curious though, why are you keeping
0: it in your car? Well, he had gotten the key to the city on Thursday. See, he's from Mesa. Oh. He was born and raised there. He hmm. brought it. And he, yeah, he brought it. And then I guess it's like it's like I tell my kids: do not leave anything in that car overnight.
3: All right, every day at three thirty, holding up the headlines. Becky Lynn reads the news. Uh, of course, Gatos said, chat interrupt, react to the day's top stories. Still to come: midterm mayhem. Mayhem. Um, why is the Kerry Lake talking about what Donald Trump has in his pants?
2: What is, is it? A bunch of secret else? files?
3: We're going to be nope discussing at four oh five. Arizona's news station, KTAR News, 92.3 FM.
1: Serious news, seriously entertaining. The Gatos and Chad Show.
3: All right, coming up at 4.05, we bring you midterm mayhem.
1: Mayhem!
3: It is the madness, the mayhem that is the 2022 midterm election. Every day, 4.05. By the way, what we're going to talk about, Carrie Lake, is what she said vulgar or does it actually show she has a sense of humor? We'll play you the clip. We've been talking about that. Where is the
2: sense of humor? You know, she's what? always so mad
3: at everybody.
2: Somebody did say something the other day. Do you remember when she said somebody asked her, "Will you give me a statement?" And she goes, "Yeah, I'll give you a statement as long as you make sure that it airs on CNN Plus." <laughs>
3: <laughs> so, I, but nobody knows what that means. Yeah,
2: but well, I we do. Even know, I don't know. Remember CNN Plus? It lasted so- an hour and a half. Uh, but no, she's not been. Even when she does it, sometimes it comes across as kind of like when Martha McSally's do it. It's like they are telling me to do this. I do not feel comfortable in doing this. Yeah. I think she's got more personality than that. Mm. But sometimes I feel when you force it.
3: Yeah. Well, she's. Yeah. We'll play the clip. We'll let you decide. Yeah.
2: All right. Um,
3: Let's talk about the latest with Trump and what happened at Mar-a-Lago Uh, here's kind of, you know, in, in looking at the news and trying to see what's new out there about this story, you know, here's what I kind of learned this weekend. I mean, I don't think there's anything that's huge from Friday. Like within the last two days, is anything really broken? That's massive. No, I think we had enough of that last week. Every day was monstrous, but it seems that, that what Trump had were the most protective secrets. And to me, I don't understand why you would have that in a box in your basement. I don't get it. I don't know what you're using it for. I don't know if you know that they were there. I I have no idea. But, you know, the thing that I took away from, from really trying to look at this thing this weekend is the stuff that he had in his basement. You have to read that stuff in a vault. You are not allowed to leave with that stuff. And I just look at that and I say, what are you doing? Well, I don't I don't understand. What are you doing? Yeah, because some of these documents could be worth billions with a B to people who hate America. And I'm not insinuating that Trump was selling the secrets. No. I don't think he's that stupid. No. And I,
2: you know what, Trump's a lot of things. Uh, Trump loves America. I don't think he would ever do anything. But you put him in a bad position, uh, you know, where you've got those things hanging out there, and anybody could have potentially had access to them. That's the the issue. Again, you- we don't know what's in all of this stuff because his guy, his attorney, came out because they apparently they tried to have a back channel conversation. Well, let's which, talk about that. Which everybody said. That's a no, no. You don't do those things. Uh, yeah, because he said he wanted to talk to him about, you know, look, people are on fire and angry about this. Maybe it's good to we have a conversation about bringing the temperature down. So did Trump call
3: Merrick Garland the
2: AG? Uh, it looks like his attorney okay. did to All talk right. about like, hey, uh, let's uh, like backdoor you and I. Let's have a conversation. OK, because they said that they thought they gave everything to them in June. And do you believe that? I don't I don't know what to believe anymore. Yeah, I I have no idea what to believe for everybody out there is going, oh, you're just a homer for drop. Actually, I'm not didn't vote for him either time. And the reality is simply this. I always thought he was a loose cannon. I liked a lot of his ideas. I didn't like him as a person. That being said, they came after him hard from the day he was, you know, came down the escalator. They pushed everything from Russia, Russia, Russia to Ukraine to you name it. And and it's hard to well, believe a lot
3: of what people say anymore. Let's talk about that for a second. Isn't it? So interesting how polarizing he is. Because you're right. He's like, beloved or hated. There's no oh in between. It's true. Uh, you have the Democrats who despise him, then you've got some members of the media. That despise him. The, and you got, well, Fox News loves everything he does.
2: Actually, he didn't really. The, Fox and them don't really get along that well. well. I know, but they still, I mean, the comparatively guys, to MSNBC
3: or uh, CNN. One of the guys was crying the other day yeah, well, on air because out. Trump was in trouble. So, so I get it. Like, you he know, bunch, you know e- really. even people that love people either love him and will follow him blindly to the ends of the earth or you're on the other side everything he does is bad. Yeah. See, I'm just not, I'm not in either camp. No.
2: I can't get I'm in I'm not either in either camp. Either camp. Either. I'm, I'm not, not. I'm not bothered. Uh, I can look, I can compartmentalize many things and look and say, I like this, I didn't like this. Right. I like this, I didn't like this. That being said, he built a following and, and, and it became a cult. But
3: like so, we'll never see again
2: in our lifetime But so possibly. much of that though was based on the fact that so many of those people thought, here's a guy punching back for us, mm-hmm. the, the blue check mark Twitter sphere, the New York Times people, We're flyover states and you think nothing you think we're knuckle draggers and mouth breathers.
3: I do think what's interesting is over the weekend, Ron DeSantis, who is the governor of Florida. And remember, this all happened in Florida. Governor DeSantis said, hey, everything that went down was illegal. Everything that went down was all above board. What else did you want the FBI to do? And I thought that was really actually very good from Ron DeSantis. He is the only person on the right that's saying anything uh, about that and saying that the FBI did their job. And by the way, by the way, on Friday, Trump put out all the FBI names. That is such a jerk move. I can't even. He's putting people in danger by giving uh, uh, their names out. Didn't
2: he give it to Bright? Somebody published the names. What are you thinking?
3: Well, if you're Trump, don't say anything. Yeah. But it's just his anger. And now he's put real families in trouble. Yeah. Because
2: we have crazies out there. We do. People who attack a Cincinnati FBI field office with a nail gun.
3: Well, we had people outside Arizona's FBI office with what? Oh, what was it again? What were they holding? Guns. Guns. Yes. And the rebel flag. I always forget that. Always forget that. All right. Coming up next. Midterm mayhem. Midterm mayhem. Hey, is what Carrie Lake
4: said vulgar or? she's showing a personality which is important next